Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner and I use they, them pronouns. And today, to kick off our first official episode of the new... Oh wait, no. No, we already did the first official episode of the new year because Pride and Prejudice. Well, this is the first one we're recording. <laughs> so, today... For our People's Choice, our first People's Choice episode of the year 2020, we are going to be looking back, way back in time to the 1981, where Konami and Sega came together to produce a little video game called Frogger. Okay. Now, Lindsay, you're probably wondering, how do you reboot Frogger, a game which is incredibly simple in its gameplay? How do you reboot a game like Frogger? I don't know. That's what we're here to figure out. Did you have any plans? I have a few plans. Okay. Um, but I feel like it's gonna be a mishmash. We're gonna be slamming a whole lot of things together and just seeing what sticks. Okay. So, Frogger, for those of you who don't know, um, it's like the game Crossy Road, but it's just a frog. <laughs> <laughs> and this, that, that's the thing, is that I don't want to just reskin it so that it's different, like how Crossy Road basically did. I want to at least do some interesting gameplay stuff. Unfortunately, I'm not the first person to think that Frogger could use some gameplay, like, readjustments. Because there's a whole... 30 years worth of Frogger to take inspiration from. Okay. And they have names such as Frogger 2, Swampy's Revenge, or Frogger's Adventures 2, The Lost Wand, or Frogger Ancient Shadow, or Frogger 2, or Frogger Returns, or Frogger 3D, or Frogger 3D! <laughs> There's too many E's in the 3 and these spawn across various consoles, but they usually seem like the the ones I want to look at specifically, the ones that are uh, what I would call the experimental era, are the ones that are on the Game Boy Advance and the PlayStation 2 and GameCube. Okay. Because the last sort of original one that came out was uh, called Frogger Helmet Chaos for the Nintendo DS, and that came out in 2005, and pretty much everything since then has just been like a port of the original, or a reskin, where it's basically, it's the same idea, you just dodge traffic going from the bottom of the screen to the top of the screen, not very many twists as far as I can tell. Okay. The latest one was called Frogger in Toy Town, and it's from the Apple Arcade, and we don't talk about that. Huh. So, I'm going to be drawing inspiration specifically from the ones that have some kind of plot. We've, so we've got Frogger 2, Swampy's Revenge, Frogger the Great Quest, uh, we have the Temple of the Frog, we have the Great Quest Advance, oh wait, that's just a port of, okay, never mind, that's just a port. Um, there's Frogger's Journey, the Forgotten Relic, Frogger's Adventures, the Rescue, and Frogger Ancient Shadow, and Frogger Helmet Chaos. And they each introduce basically their own sets of recurring characters that are then immediately discarded whenever someone else decided to reinvent Frogger. <laughs> Huh. Uh, one of the most common characters, aside from Frogger himself, is Lumpy, who is the toad that raised Frogger. Okay. The frog raised by a toad? What will they think of next? 
And that's pretty much where the lore ends, as far as I can tell. Okay. Or at least that's where my research hits a wall, because my only other option would be to watch about 10 hours of gameplay through all of these games to figure out if there are any other major characters that appear in more than one or two games. <laughs> On account of what I said before, how everyone just keeps getting reinvented, and everyone gets discarded. Discard and draw a new, like, background cast for every Frogger iteration. <laughs> there is one, uh, Frogger the Great Quest. It does involve Frogger running around. He's not even dodging traffic in this one. It's basically just a kid's adventure game, and he's trying to find a princess to kiss him so that he can become handsome. Aww. That does involve a vampire named Count Blah. Huh. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, in Frogger 2 Swampy's Revenge, which was the second Frogger 2, mm -hmm. I think there are four of them. Oh, it's one of those series. But in this one specifically, uh, the bad guy is Swampy, who's one of the gators that Frogger can jump on. And he decides to steal all the baby frogs, all of Frogger's children, his infinite children, and just huck them all over the world. And space. Space? Space! Frogger goes to space! There are actually a lot of these games that have Frogger going to space. Is it just because, like, oh, we've reached the last level, let's just go to space? I feel like a lot of these games take a page out of like a Mario or a Kirby or really any adventure platformer game where it's like, we gotta have your fire world, your ice world, your ghost world, the space. Okay. It's the last level, time for space. Space is what happens when you run out of ideas. Exactly. We're gonna boldly go where every platformer has gone before. <laughs> yeah, so Swampy just hucks all the frogs across the world in space. And Fogger and his mate? Wife? Girlfriend? Her name's Lily. She's pink, obviously, and inexplicably has pigtails, okay. which look horrendous when rendered in PS1 chunky polygon graphics. It looks I thought she was a space frog. She's got antenna going on. But no, they're pigtails <laughs> apparently. Ah, uh, that's weird. Uh, then so, like, that's, like, the first attempt at a Frogger with a plot. Um, and then Frogger the Great Quest, the one where he tries to mack a princess. That's the second attempt. Okay. Then we have the Game Boy Advance games, the Frogger's Adventures. Um, I have no idea what the plot of Temple of the Frog is. Oh, okay, no, here it is. In this game, Frogger searches five worlds for four sacred elements he needed to rescue his friends and save his swamp. Lumpy, one of his friends, or someone else, will talk to him before every level to give him information. He must face 15 levels and 5 bosses, including his final showdown with the evil Mr. D. <laughs> so I, ha go have to, I have, haven't actually checked what Mr. D looks like, so I'm going to see if Google can shed any light on this. Probably going to come up with pictures from that uh, CBC TV show. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> so, y you know in Norse mythology... <laughs> yes? How hell... Is half alive and half dead. Yes. So Mr. D is one half frog and one half frog skeleton split directly down the middle, dressed like a grim reaper. Oh, that's... Uh, that's the stuff of nightmares right there. And, oh, he does show up in both the Great Quest and the Game Boy Advance games. Okay. 
and he looks a lot more chill in the Game Boy Advance games than he does in The Great Quest. That's the one where he, like, half his face is a flesh frog, and the entire rest of his body is just frog bones. Yay. The wiki helpfully points out that Mr. D is based off of the Grim Reaper, and D is probably short for death. Thank you for that. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> have guessed. He might also be a reference to Death from Castlevania, which is also a fam another famous Konami property. Um, anyways, so after Temple of the Frog, it had a direct sequel called Fro uh, Frogger... No, what is it? Where are you? Oh, it doesn't have a Wikipedia page. That's why it's not showing up. But there is Frogger's Adventures to the Lost Wand, in which the magician, Hocus, tasks Frogger with recovering the five pieces of the Wand of Eternity. Uh, and they represent the, you know, the usual five elements. Fire, ice, light, darkness, and magic. Okay. And then it turns out that Hocus was really Pocus, and he imprisoned the real Hocus. And then the last level you have to fight Hocus. And this game can be defeated in two hours! <laughs> like... They have, definitely have more interesting gameplay. Like, I actually played Frogger Adventures 2. Uh, I rented it from Blockbuster. <laughs> and it, while it is, like, traffic dodging, it's, like, you can go in all the various directions, and you also have to dodge all the other enemies, and there's, like, switches to press, and platforms to jump on. And it's, like, it, that's what I kind of want to draw on, spicing it up, making some more interesting gameplay stuff going on than just simply going up. Okay. Um, and then... We later on had Frogger's Adventures The Rescue and Frogger Ancient Shadow, which they are a duology for PlayStation 2 and GameCube. Okay. So the f story of the first one, a young frog named Frogger is relaxing inside his home in Firefly Swamp when a spaceship crashes in his yard and injures his friend and guardian Lumpy. Oh. The driver of the ship turns out to be Beauty Frog of Frog International Rescue Support Team, a.k.a. First. <laughs> And Frogger goes on exotic missions to help heal Lumpy, and has to meet many of Beauty Frog's friends, including Dr. Frog. Finally, he rescues his girlfriend Lily, who has been kidnapped by T.R.I.P., the Tyrannical Reptiles in Power. <laughs> the leader of Tyrannical Reptiles in Power is Dr. Wani, who is a vampire crocodile! <laughs> it had a sequel, Frogger Ancient Shadow. I don't know what that one's about. There's... Some kind of modern lizard on the cover with the bow and arrow. <laughs> Wikipedia has nothing for me. And then there was a third one called Frogger Helmet Chaos, where Lumpy gets a mind control helmet. That's all I can tell. Okay. Oh, there, the, Dr. Wani is in this too. Also, he has an assistant named Ronan. Maybe that was the modern lizard with the bow and arrow. Who knows? <laughs> and that's it. That's all the plot that Frogger has ever had. <laughs> doing a Google for Frogger Ronin to see. Tell me, tell me your secrets. Who is Frogger Ronin? No, this gives me nothing. <laughs> but I do love the design for Dr. Wani, because he's exactly what you think of when you think of alligator vampire, or crocodile vampire. I don't know if he's a crocodile or a vampire. Who's got the two ridges? Uh, he's a crocodile. Yeah. So... Let me take all of this together and th think with my big frog brain <laughs> of what to do. What am I doing? See, okay, so see, the reason I put Frogger in this, and, and you might know this because this is what I got into a, a long discussion about uh, at the New Year's Eve party we were just at. Yeah. 
I want Frogger to be a Smash DLC. Frogger for Smash. He hops in. He'd do a frog thing. <laughs> and I have no idea what his moves would be or anything. Yeah. Although I feel like his final Smash would be just summoning traffic. <laughs> it's like Mario shoots everyone in fire. Frogger's like, I have a bus. Okay. But now, in the past half hour, I've been thinking that for most of these games, Frogger never actually attacks any of his villains. Pretty much all of the bosses are defeated with, like, puzzles and, like, following certain sequences and whatnot. So at a certain point, it becomes kind of like a memory game, almost. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, he never fights any of the, like, the mooks or, like, the Koopa equivalents, either. He always just has to dodge them, get out of their way. So let's, let, let's break Frogger down to his bare essentials and then rebuild him from the ground up. <laughs> we have a frog who refuses, like, he will stand against evil, but he will not fight evil. He is a pacifist. Like a noble Buddhist, Frogger shall never raise a flipper against any of his foes. <laughs> He's like a drunken master who, he leads his foes to defeating themselves instead of actually throwing a single punch or kick. <laughs> Jeez. He, he's learned the, the wise ways of Ribbit Foo. <laughs> so let's take that. So Frogger's a frog. He has been raised by Lumpy. And Lumpy can be like, I'm an old wise frog. Oh yeah, I did watch some gameplay from the, the Frogger, like the, the, the Ancient Shadow one, the Rescue Team ones. And everyone aside from Frogger is inexplicably Australian. Okay. It's like they looked at the game series... Actually, hang on, let me take the time. Because it is kind of like they took... It is kind of like they looked at the game series Tie the Tasmanian Tiger, and were like, oh, the reason those are successful games is because Australia. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure no. <laughs> but they were just like, you know what? You know what will make Frogger popular? Australian accents for everybody. <laughs> um, when did these Frogger games come out? Let me check if the timing works. 2003. Yeah, they came out shortly after the first tie. So like, ah, yes. Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. Australian accents. That's what's missing from games. More Australians. <laughs> so. We have Lumpy. We have Master Lumpy. We have, we have Sensei Lumpy. The old wise toad who taught Frogger everything he knows. And now, Frogger, you must journey out for yourself. And help take out evil wherever you find it. But remember to stay true to our principles of never raising a flipper against your foe. So Frogger ventures out. Okay. Uh, he meets various frog allies. He'll meet Beauty Frog, who's like a sexy frog, I guess. I don't know. <sighs> Her name is Beauty Frog. That's like if your main character was Hot Girl. Yeah. Hi, I'm Hot Girl, and this is my sister love interest. <laughs> so let's take the concept of Beauty Frog. Well, let's refit her a bit. She can be Espionage Frog. Okay. Like Black Widow, but she's a frog. Yeah. We'll also have Lily. Lily, I don't I don't want Frogger to be a love interest. Frogger is also a celibate hero. Yeah. Uh we'll let we'll take a page out of Crash Bandicoot, and Lily can be Frogger's sister. Okay. That sounds good. His long-lost sister. Ooh. And they don't find out until the end. Because of 
the prophecy. Of course. I just invented that. Yes. And then for the villains, let's throw everyone in there. I want Dr. Wani, Pocus, Mr. D to all team up with each other. <laughs> it makes sense because they're all a little bit magical themed. And also Mr. D is, I guess, the Grim Reaper of Frogs. Okay. So I don't, I don't know. Now I have to, th I don't know what a plot would be. Uh, if there's a prophecy, there's probably a MacGuffin that needs to either be found or used at some point. Yes. So, in the, in the game that Poka showed up in, what was it called again? The Lost Wand. Okay. The Wand of Eternity. I, I may have mentioned this already. The Wand of Eternity. Pocus tried to wield the Wand of Eternity and use his power for himself, but it exploded into five bits. He secretly taxed Frogger with collecting them all so that he didn't have to do it himself, and he disguised himself as a good wizard to do it. Ah. We can bring in the frog, the, the frog rescue thing from that one game, the Frog International Rescue Support Team. So we'll take a page out of that game. Frogger gets recruited by first in order to fight Trip. That's a plot, that's a framework that we can use. I don't know if this is like, this will probably be like a soft reboot at, at this point, I feel. Yeah, it sounds like it. We will have Dr. Wani, the leader of tyrannical reptiles in power. All of the villains should also be reptiles. Okay. What are some reptiles? <laughs> uh... Because, of course, reptiles involve the one species I have a massive fear of. So there's lizards, there's turtles, there's crocodiles. Da, 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 da. Come on, Wikipedia, show me more. You Really? You can't name reptiles just off the top of your head? Nope. Dang. Snake, turtle, frilled lizard, iguana, chameleon. Uh, the one with the glidey bits in its midsection, it goes, uh, yeah. Jesus. Jesus lizard. <laughs> the Jesus lizard. Basilisk lizard, that's what it's called, where they're chilling, okay. and then it's like time trying, and they go, okay, and then they run across the water with their big toes. I think that's how it works. So, crocodiles and birds are actually closer related than I'd like to think. There's horny lizards. Yeah. Turtles. Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the reason why I don't look up reptiles a whole lot is because, you know, snakes, and I don't really like snakes and all that. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to all the listeners who own snakes out there, but, like, I, I straight up have a phidiophobia. Like, no, that's fine. Yeah. I was just surprised, like, I'm afraid of spiders too, but I can name a bunch of spiders off the top of my head. I was just like, what, you, your fear of reptiles has banished all, um, academic knowledge. Like, I know what an iguana is. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I am sure. I do, lizards, they look fine. They can, in fact, look very cute. Same with turtles. And you know what, I have a lot of respect for crocodiles and alligators and caimans and all that. It's just... Snakes freak me the fuck out. That's fair. Yeah. Can I tell you something that might, might make you, them uh, freak you out a little bit less? Try me. So in Paradise Lost, 
this is the weirdest tangent. So in Paradise Lost, Milton uh, says that the snakes were forced to crawl along their bellies. Um, actually, I don't think this is from Paradise Lost. I think this is actually in the Bible itself. But the, the common uh, theological thing is that snakes crawl on their bellies as a penance for tempting Eve with the fruit of knowledge. Yeah, I think that's from Genesis. Yeah. So then the the the, the theologists not necessarily the theologists the, but um i don't know what the title is but basically there's people who are trying to figure out so if snakes crawled on their bellies after the fall how did they get around beforehand yeah and there is a theory with a lot more backers than you'd expect which suggests that they coiled themselves like a spring and bounced <laughs> Okay, so I guess nobody... There's one fact I do know about snakes, because I looked it up like just a couple seconds ago, but they are closely related to lizards. Yeah. So they probably just had, like, little arms and legs, and then yes. they kind of got rid of them after a while. Yeah. It's like, um, the Snivy line in Pokemon. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, one of the only... I like the Pokemon snakes. The Pokemon snakes are fine. It's, yeah. It's real life snakes where I'm like, nope, nope, away. I straight up had nightmares. So anyway, Frogger is not a reptile. Frogger is an amphibian and a very cute amphibian from what I've seen. Yes. One of the bosses should be a snake that bounces around like a spring. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That is <laughs> hilarious. Boing, boing, boing. It has to make the boing sound. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, th another boss can be a horny lizard in a cowboy hat <laughs> because it is the, the state lizard of Wyoming, the, the official state reptile. Yeah. 27 U.S. states have official state reptiles. Huh. Well, I don't know why y'all decide you really needed a reptile. Well, of course, Florida's as a gator. Yeah. Oh, Florida has two. It has a gator and a sea turtle. No, it has three. It has a, a gator, a sea turtle, and a tortoise. Could they just not decide? They share the tortoise with Georgia. Just let Georgia have the fucking tortoise. You don't need three reptiles, Florida. They also share the gator with Louisiana. Well, that makes sense, though. And Mississippi. It's all swamp. <laughs> that just whole section of America is starting to sink. A lot of these reptiles <laughs> are shared by everyone else. Yeah. Um, one of the bosses would definitely be a snapping turtle. Yes, that was, that's what I was thinking, because they are ornery. Uh, one time a snapping turtle got into my grandparents' neighbor's pool. Oh, no. It was... I don't know how, because this was in Saskatchewan. Yeah, snapping turtles, I didn't think would range that far. We, it was probably someone's pet. Like, I encountered a snapping turtle in... Ottawa, like, right along the river in spring. Oh, yeah. They they are found in Ontario. Yep. My grandpa once picked one up. Okay, so it was trying to cross the road. Grandpa's in his truck going along. He sees a snapping turtle. He's from Manitoba. He doesn't know what the fuck a snapping turtle is. <laughs> and <laughs> he just, like, gets out of the truck because it's a turtle crossing the, crossing the way. Just fucking get it out of the way. So he picks up the turtle, albeit by the shell, and, like, takes it over to the ditch, puts it down, and then he gets back home. Asks my uncle, uh, Jack, about about what that turtle was, and he's like, Oh my fucking Christ, Tom, you picked up a fucking snapping turtle! How are you not, like, 
How do you not have a chunk of your hand missing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I couldn't reach. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if it was being, like, super nasty when he picked it up, or it was just very confused, like sometimes a cat does. Maybe both. Besides, my my grandpa is also the type who will punch a bee. <laughs> like he was fi- he was trying to like fix up um a swather or something one time, and apparently some bees had gone in there and were starting to make a nest, uh-huh. and th- a bunch of them came out, and he's like, oh, oh fuck, there's like bees in my face. They're gonna stay. So he tries to punch one, <laughs> and he punches himself. Yeah, that's about <laughs> how I thought it would go. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so snapping turtles do range to the Rockies. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, because I'm looking at the map, and even there's, I guess, a significant chunk of uh, southeastern Saskatchewan has snapping turtle habitats. Yeah, I guess, like, chunk of my family is far enough north that snapping turtles wouldn't really be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking, since we already have a vampire crocodile... Yeah. Let's just lean into, like, the universal horror monsters. <laughs> <laughs> and all all the villains and reptiles are also, like, horror monster things. And so we'll take Pocus. And Pocus can be some kind of... Pocus can be a chameleon. Yes. Because that's probably the most magical reptile. Yes. But he still has his, his top hat and his wand. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he... Oh, okay. So Hocus, like... At first, you don't realize that Hocus is a reptile. That, um, wait, no, because it was Pocus. Pocus was the bad guy, but he disguised himself as his brother Hocus to look like a good guy. Okay. And so at first, you don't realize that he's a bad guy. And you're just like, oh, he's this cool wizard who's helping us out. And then when he reveals himself, the two chameleon eyes pop out from under the top hat. (laughs) (laughs) Boing! (laughs) And then that's when you have to have the boss fight with him. Um... And then the snapping turtle would be, hmm. They're aggressive. A werewolf. Yes. A were-turtle. It's a frog who turns into a turtle. Could it be like a Hulk-out moment? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) The frog equivalent of when, like, Bruce Banner goes, The trick is, Captain, I'm always angry. Or, ooh, so it could be like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Ooh. And it could start off as like a sea turtle, because maybe the sea turtles are the ni- the only nice reptiles, because they're, <laughs> amph- they're amphibious, like the frogs do. Yeah. <laughs> and then the sea turtle, but he's a, a mad scientist sea turtle, and he... T- <laughs> <laughs> Experiments on himself, just like Dr. Jekyll. So actually, what was it? So in Frogger the Great Quest, there is a mad scientist... Uh, his name is... What's his name? Dr. Starkenstein. (laughs) So that won't be the turtle, but the turtle can be, like, Dr. Dr. Softshell and Mr. Snaps. (laughs) The the horny lizard cowboy is also a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) You go to a ghost town. (laughs) It's also a cowboy town. It can be... We can go beyond just amphibians and reptiles. They can be, like, populated by cowboy chickens or something. Um, what would the snake be? Uh... Demons? I mean, yeah, I guess that's pretty on the nose. I know. And also personal (laughs) bias. 
They are, in fact, the danger noodle. <laughs> I mean, we could lean into the full medieval stuff and like have the snake like complete a ritual to turn itself into a dragon. You know, as I think of snakes, I'm thinking also of an- other animals that fight snakes. Mm-hmm. So what if uh, instead of the the rescue team being populated just by f- like frogs, it was various creatures, and one of them can be a secretary bird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there, there's a secretary bird in Agretsuko, isn't there? Yeah, she's very classy. So there can be a secretary bird, and you like you team up with her when you fight the snake boss. <laughs> there could also be a mongoose. Yes. And then I'm also trying to think of what other reptiles. Um, an iguana. What? Let's have an, about a, an iguana for uh. Snarkens, what was his Starkenstein? Starkenstein's monster can be an iguana. Yeah. So when I was down in Mexico, iguana seemed like they were really chill. Well, maybe that's that's the secret: is that he just wants to relax, and Starkenstein is the real monster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All he wants to do is lay in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so we can borrow. Plot elements from the Lost Wand, and that like every boss is guarding some frag elemental fragment of the MacGuffin. Okay. And the prophecy says that only, only the true frog, only someone that possesses the true spirit of frogginess, can <laughs> defeat the ultimate evil. And Doctor Wani's like, "Well, I'm the ultimate evil, so I'll just attack all the frogs." <laughs> and then you have to go to the various frog cities across the world that sounds like fun all the while trying to dodge traffic yes and so that does get into gameplay stuff where all of the levels would involve like no combat okay all all it is it's it's dodging enemies and dodging traffic and like platform hopping and that sounds really simple but you can make stuff like that really intense especially if it's like the originals where you've only got one life yeah. And sure you can hit checkpoints, but at a certain point, no, nah, you're you're getting kicked back to the start of the level. Mm-hmm. So I guess that doesn't mean multiple lives. <laughs> but still, it's like what one hit, one hit you're dead. There's no like buffer zone of oops, I messed up. Like, no, yeah, you messed up, start over. Suffer. <laughs> I was also thinking you could add a lot of puzzle elements to it too. For for sure. Like the Game Boy Advance bosses, a lot of them were puzzle bosses where it's like Dodge their attacks until you can match this pattern, or until you can sur- surround them in this order, stuff like that. <laughs> this seems pretty straightforward. It's more like, would it be like a version exclusive thing, or would we like try to get it out onto as many consoles as possible? I mean, I feel like it could easily go on as many consoles as possible, but it should definitely be on the Switch amongst the rest. Yeah. Just because we're borrowing so many elements from games that were on Nintendo consoles, it just seems right. And also, well, and also, I'm not going to say that um, Xbox and PlayStation don't have more kiddie games these days because they do. But mm-hmm. the more child-friendly stuff definitely is tends to be more closely attached to Nintendo. Well, I think Nintendo, you know, actually directly tar- uh, markets to kids anyway, so. You know, kids and just like that childlike aspect. Yeah. Because they're, they're the family game company. Yeah. And so that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be playing with your whole family the whole time, but it's like, you can relax. You can, you can be a filthy casual with Nintendo. Yeah. Like me. 
And it's not like that's all they put out. <laughs> they put they put out terrifying, diff- terrifyingly difficult stuff all the time too. Yeah. And like there can be bonus levels of Frogger that reach terrifyingly difficult points too. <laughs> Is there anything else you can think of to add to Frogger? Uh, no, because I did no research into Frogger. Why? What? <laughs> Why would anyone research Frogger? There's no purpose. <laughs> it just exists. It's eternal. Could we do an arcade version? I mean, I feel like this is definitely more of a console thing, but there could yeah. be an arcade game inspired by this. This new version. Yeah. But also, that is just Crossy Road at a certain point. Yeah. Listen, when I saw Crossy Road, the mobile game, existing in an arcade as an arcade game, my entire understanding of the world was kind of flipped upside down. Poor you. Poor me. Apparently Flappy Bird is in arcades, too. Actually, I'm not surprised by that one. That one makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it was more built for an arcade game anyway. Yeah. Got as far as you can, get a high score. Cool. I never played Flappy Bird itself, but I did play Fallout Bird. (laughs) Which was exactly the same gameplay, except... It had a MIDI version of Sugar We're Going Down playing in the background, and every time you died, you came back as a different member of Fallout Boy. Oh, God. Frogger would probably also have different skins. Yes. Be like, be like Spider-Man PS4, like everything is in unlocking skins. Yeah. Cowboy skin. Spy skin. Space skin. Different species of frog skin. Yes. Get some of those really crazy... Poison dart frog skins. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty. Oh, yeah. Pretty and deadly. deadly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's, um, in Super Mario Odyssey, you can get various different outfits and hats. And if you get the retro hat and the retro outfit and wear them together, then Mario just, like, goes back to the low-res and Nintendo 64, <laughs> like, model. And while everything else still remains in HD, it's good. Yeah. So now we have released this, and Frogger gets into Smash. Exactly. <laughs> or maybe maybe it happens in reverse order. Maybe Frogger gets into Smash, and it's so popular that they make a new Frogger game. Okay, so if Frogger is in Smash, then how would he work mechanically? If Frogger was in Smash, he would have to fight. He would have yeah. to raise his flipper against his foes. <laughs> um, there'd definitely be a tongue attack. Yeah. Um... I feel like it'd be very similar to the fighting game characters like Ryo and Terry, where they're just like different variations on jumping and kicking and like tongue lashing. Yeah. I don't know. Mary, maybe there could be a game mechanic where he grabs one of the shards of the wand from the lost wand and can do like a special move with that. And it's kind of random, like how some other characters have random abilities in there. Yeah. Nothing, nothing to the degree of Hero's Thwack. (laughs) Frogger does not get a one-hit KO. No, he's got to work for that one-hit KO. Yeah. Um, the, the stage would probably be something like the, uh, that ice climber stage that was always, like, going up, where you just have to constantly be hopping on top of platforms that are moving. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the final smash is he summons all the traffic from like, his original game, and just slams into the opponents, or it's, like, starts <laughs> launching, and they only get a brief warning, and they have to, like, jump or, like, duck and dodge out of the yeah. way, and then at the end, there's a big gator comes and just snaps at everyone. 
<laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like, I feel like if they made a new Frogger, it could be very similar to the original Crash Bandicoot games, and we know those were very well-beloved, and they might even get a resurgence since the rem- all the remastered stuff came out last year, I believe. Okay. But yeah, Frogger. Frogger deserves another day in the sun. Yes. Give us the Frogger deep lore. Make everyone Australian. Dr. Wani is still Australian in mine. <laughs> Just a whole lot of g'day, mate. Yep. One of the bonus bosses is a drop bear. <laughs> Demon koalas. <laughs> I looked up drop bear on Wikipedia, and the picture is just a koala with, like, big vampire fangs. Mm-hmm. But then again, in Australia, you never, you never know what you're going to get, and besides koalas are just, like, riddled with chlamydia. Yeah. Also, they are very grumpy. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Australia, I feel like we should just throw a shout-out to, um, if you were able to donate to Australia to help fight the wildfires, do that. Yeah. They need all the help they can get. Yeah. And also, I think on that note, it is a good time to, unless you have anything else you can think of to throw at Frogger, and he'll catch it with his sweet tongue. Yeah. <laughs> well, bring in, uh, uh, friendship promos. Like flies. Yes, we'll hop on over there. Yes. (laughs) Welcome to They, Them, Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here. We're queer. Let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 (laughs) We talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care. And remember, nice gender. Actually, you know, speaking of flies, we could have a system of power-ups where like, he gets different abilities based on the bugs. Oh, yeah. Like, if he eats a dragonfly, he can glide and... If he eats a spider, he can climb on walls. If he eats a, I don't know, some bug that's in the water. Uh, a water strider? He can do, yeah, he can do the Jesus lizard thing. <laughs> oh, okay, so apparently in one lore fact of Frogger is that he had a bad experience in the water as a tadpole, and that's why he drowns if he hits the water, because he has PTSD, basically. Oh my god! Yeah. Talassophobia. Jeez. So. Traumatic talassophobia. Maybe maybe we should keep that, maybe not full-on PTSD, but definitely the phobia, and maybe just yeah. keep that he can't, no, there's not even a power-up that helps him get across the water. He has to, like, stay on lily pads and logs. <laughs> um. Oh, if he eats a lightning bug, then he can, like, charge up machines. <laughs> he gets a lightning attack. Wait, no, no he, can't he doesn't attack. He doesn't attack. He only protects. <laughs> <laughs> he does not attack. He only protect. But most importantly, he eat fly as snack. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. So I guess at this, this is the point where I ask you, Lindsay, where you can be found on the internet. 
I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. That's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. And you can also find this very podcast at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Not If I Reboot You First, and they're pronounced... I can't think of something to pronounce, so just pretend that I put in the noises of, like, a desert rain frog. Okay. We need a desert rain frog character. Yes. But it doesn't, it doesn't talk. It just, it's like, oh no, it's the R2. It's the R2 of the group. <laughs> They're like, hello, desert rain frog character. And it goes, <laughs> Um, and you can find this podcast on Instagram at not if I reboot you first, all one word. The hashtag that we follow is N-I-I-R-Y-F and it is pronounced <laughs> Just going for a classic. Yeah, yeah, that works. That was good. You can also email us at notifyrebootyoufirst at gmail.com or you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and any deep frogger lore that you have access to. You can even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we do like being surprised. And if you'd like to support us directly, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash notifyrebootyoufirst. You can get a bevy of bonuses by supporting us financially, including a weekly shout-out for all of our patrons, including Charlie and Cassidy. Thanks, Charlie and Cassidy! You can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. Last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex aka Pachoo, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd make music of his own for your own. So, Tanner. So, Lindsay. Do you want a, um, a hint for next week? Yes, I would love a hint for next week. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about bootleggers and cats. Like the jeans? <laughs> no, you'll know. You'll know. All right. Well, we'll find out all about that next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye. Which reminds me, I should keep with my New Year's resolution and take a picture of myself doing the recording. Uh, it's too bright, they're not going to see you. <laughs> uh, oh god, that's terrible. Let me try again. My head is full of veins, I hate it. Oh, your head's fine. Anyways. Your brain needs the veins. I, if you insist. <laughs>